This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie.
with Doomsday and St. Keelan with The Far Away. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie as well as iTunes, Google Podcasts and other podcast platforms. My name is Mike McGrath-Brien and for the next hour or so we're going to be previewing next weekend's Quiet Lights Festival, a new folk and trad weekender happening across the city and county. Here to chat with us a little bit is festival director and curator Jonathan Pearson of Islander Music. Johnny, how's it going, bye? How's it going, boy? How are you? Thanks very much for having me on. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to uh, tell your listeners a bit about the festival. Thanks a million for coming on and that's such short notice as well after all the reschedulings. You've been incredibly busy heading into the festival and the run-up of it. Um, Kind of maybe take us through what you've been at in recent times, not only with the festival, but also in your day job as the head of Islander Music. Um, Yeah, it's been really, really busy. Um, I have... I got the idea for this festival a couple of months ago uh, and so there's a lot of planning involved in that even though it's a very small weekend there's still a lot of um, planning involved in it but aside from that I've been doing um, I'm in the middle of planning four Islander Present tours around the country Um, first one's done it was the Ye Vagabond tour the islands of Ireland they did eight islands um, on the west coast Um, second one's about to begin which is uh, a Cuivina Raiola tour of Ireland and then there are two more tours that are for the next ones to be announced 
this week, I think, and then the the last one will be announced in October for a November tour. Um, so yeah, I've been doing those tours. Um, I've, three of them were kindly sponsored by the Arts Council, who have also gi- given me a bit of bob to um, do a documentary filmed by Miles O'Reilly Ooh. on the on the upcoming um, folk and trad scene in Ireland at the moment, and who's who's making waves there. So we've been doing that for the past few months and Miles has been traversing the country. Nearly finished filming now and he'll be going into the editing room and that'll be for a free online release then some, at some point later on this year. Savage. And, um, yeah, other than that, just working normally, I manage Crash Ensemble as well, um, which is Ireland's main contemporary classical music group based in the National Concert Hall. Um, they've been quite quiet this year, so I've been able, which is a lot of the reason why I've been able to do this kind of stuff. But um, yeah, and aside from that, all my normal management duties, managing new vagabonds, we're seriously busy. This is how we fly, Cuivina Raila and a few others. So, well, busy boy. We'll get into um, the process of managing as well, because that's a, that's a whole other country, uh, even compared to putting together a festival or performing at it. But before yeah. we do anything else, um, you know, you've had a life really um, indulged in music, as we've seen through your musical exploits as a performer, as well as... A manager, but for maybe those that aren't in the know, kind of take us through your own musical upbringing and what kind of led you uh, down the path of performance and management. Yeah, um, I, I just grew, I grew, grew up in middle of Cork City in Blackrock, and my, my folks were big into getting me to learn piano. I uh, to learn, learn an instrument, so I was sent into the course of the music. Um, they invested in it from an early age, which I'm really glad that they did. Um, I missed a lot of school parties in Leisureplex on, uh, on Fridays. Because that was when the um, that was when the lessons were on, so I kind of shouted and roared for a few years. But I'm really glad that they stuck with it. So I did piano up to grade eight there in the course school of music, and then um, then I was in a band the whole time. Um, <coughs> excuse me, from the age of sixteen upwards, mainly rock bands, mainly playing drums, sometimes playing guitar. Um, bands such as Dinah's Jack when I was younger, um, the Avalanche Effect, Former Monarchs. Um, I did some solo piano stuff with strings as well, with electronic. Northside um, Drive. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, yeah, so I've always been gigging and and kind of performing and all that. And then I just kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. Really, I did a I did an undergrad in business in UCC in commerce, and then I did a, a master's. I I didn't know what I wanted to do. I did a master's in music and technology over in the course of music. I loved it. And then I applied for a job with them, with Crash Ensemble, and I'm really lucky to have gotten it. And then it's all that's kind of how I fell into the music management side, and it's been it's been going on then since then. So kind of just fell into it because there's not really a way to be told how to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's such a nebulous thing to be a band manager because it covers so many different. Um, it, it covers so many different parishes. You have to constantly be kind of uh, spinning plates so that the artists can go ahead and do what they need to do. I suppose if people are listening, they have kind of an idea about what a band manager would do, but maybe take us a little bit into the kind of the daily realities of handling a band's kind of admin and other bits and pieces. Yeah, well, it's totally different depending on the band. I mean, with Crash Ensemble, a lot of it is like is, is kind of like hiring, hiring music, um, uh, booking players, booking rehearsal spaces, um, making sure that all, all instrumentation is, is, is hired and all that kind of stuff. That would differ hugely then to the Vagabond who would be who would have um totally different sphere around them. And with Evagabonds I mainly um 
kind of look for overall strategy stuff. They have a really good team behind them. They have mm. a fantastic booker and turning players in Una Malloy. They have a brilliant PR marketing person, Louis Barker. And then I, I just kind of take the wings and, and look at the, the further strategy stuff, trying to get booking agents in. Like I threw them booking agents in like UK and Switzerland, and now we're looking at Germany and France. And getting a record deal, which it should be coming through soon. Um, Congratulations. And stuff like that. Now, management is a tough way to make a living. I don't think I'd be able to make a living as a band manager unless I was in the lucky situation of being on a part-time uh, salary, like retained salary with Crash Ensemble, you know? And mm. um, so people are thinking of, oh, band management sounds, sounds great. I'm very lucky that I get a part-time wage from Crash no matter how many gig, gigs they have so I can pay my rent. It's tough. Um, it's 10 or 20% of what a band will make and the famous could be like furious and sporadic and all that. So I, you'd need a band to be earning quite a bit of bar before you, before they'd need a manager first off. I think bands need booking agents before they need managers. Um, uh, and because they actually get some gigs, some terrible getting gigs. And then um, I do things like apply for public funding, Culture Ireland, Arts Council, City Council, um, if there's a, if there's a, some sort of project that would warrant it. And um, yeah, things like that. It's pretty unglamorous. Like a lot of, a lot of emails and a lot of um, t- t- uh, checklists and task lists, but. Um, kind of cool you can work on your own schedule as long as you get things done you know we always say that oh we're working on our own schedule and our own schedule just happens to be all the time but um in terms of this isn't your first time out either with festivals um you've had some experience with classical festivals and classical bills of programming around the city um care to kind of bring us into that a little bit yeah i did i was part of the cork orchestra society's team there a few years ago and we decided to do a festival called forte festival that's the one I was trying to think of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a one-year thing because I moved on to Crash afterwards. Um, but it was lovely. It was um, There hadn't been actually a dedicated classical festival in Cork um, uh, in a long time. There actually is one now. It's based kind of, I think, between Cork and Cove, the R2 music festival that was set up by the young violinist, um, Maria Dickey. But that, that's happened subsequent. But it was just a weekend that Cork Orchestral Society did, um, uh, getting all the main orchestras down, being the Irish Chamber Orchestra and the Irish Baroque Orchestra and the Contempo Quartet and soloists. So it was kind of cool. Um, I did that in festivals, and I've worked on other festivals as well. I worked at Clambell Junction Festival at Mary Hickson, and worked with her as well in San Francisco Safe Harbour, and... Um, and a couple of others around the gap. So, no, not my first time. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about how you managed to parlay that experience into getting Quiet Lights off the ground. But we'll go to some music now from Quiet Lights Festival. We open the show with some music from Friday, September 7th at the Sirius Arts Centre in Cove with Landless, a four-part harmonic folk outfit with Doomsday and solo lovelorn troubadour supreme St. Keelan with the faraway but coming up first we have strung with the hut on staffan island john what kind of brought these lads into your point of view <laughs> well so strung aren't playing the festival they're an amazing forty. but the two fiddle players are which is why i wanted strung to be played at this um maria and lucia are the fiddle players for strung and they are um doing a live they're recording their uh, duo fiddle album live in front of a, an audience on the saturday quiet lights at 2 p.m. so strung is their band they're amazing. They're four young musicians and they came out of the School of Music. Um, Maria, Ryan, the fiddle player, also plays violin and crash ensemble a lot. And then and three of them have done Northside Side Strings before and just kind of stuff like that. They're, they're amazing players. So that's why I want to strung there and it's a, it's a weapon in the gym. 
Quivino Rahela with It's All About the Rhythm of Her Toes also. Yeah, that's from his first album, which is about 10 years old. Quivino's super interesting in that he's like one of Ireland's best known traditional musicians, but he's continuously pushing the boat out, which a lot of people in the trad world really like and a lot of people in the trad world really don't like. Um, but he is absolutely exceptional, boundless um, imagination when it comes to music. And I really like that tune from his first uh, album because it's the first track off the first album. And I, I didn't really know about it when it came out, but I'd say it turned a lot of heads when people heard it. This is Strong featuring Maria and Lucia with the Hot on Staffan Island and the Clare Shout here on Red on Red.
Quivi Narahila with It's All About the Rhythm of Her Toes here on Red on Red. Still joined over the phone by Jonathan Pearson, curator and director of Quiet Lights Festival. As we were talking about before we went to music there, uh, Quiet Lights was the result of a lot of different factors and kind of draws on your experience in festivals. You kind of hinted to what brought the idea about in the first place, but can you really bring us into Quiet Lights and the set of circumstances that brought it into being? Basically, like I manage and work with a lot of this um, exciting new upsurge in folk music in Ireland. Um, I think a lot of it was brought brought about by um, the international popularity of the gloaming. And mm. it got a lot more people listening to folk and traditional music than they would. I'm not from a folk and trap background at all. So in, it kind of places me in a weird place, um, but also kind of cool that I could be a bit removed. And I've been working with these people, and I didn't think that there was... Um, an outlet to put it to put a kind of a festival of these new emerging acts. Um, it's not specific. It's not specifically like trad and folk either. I mean, I have some kind of people that play in the festival that are totally different genres. But it's it's of that kind of up and coming, exciting genre mixing artists. Um, I was going to do a festival last year that I asked for that I applied for public funding for, and I didn't get it, which was more of a uh, just a little festival in Cork. But, uh, yeah, we're quite like, I'm kind of just giving it a lash this year and seeing what happens. I mean, I'm doing it on very little budget. It'll mm. probably lose a bit, a bit of buff, but I think it's worth it. I think it's an investment um, in, in, in what I want to bring anyway forward. It was originally supposed to be on in May, though, um, as opposed to September. Well, there's always a lot uh, of stuff happening around May any, anyway. But it's well, yeah, like mainly Ed Sheeran came and made every hotel room about 480 euro. Ugh. So, uh, so I had to change it then to September. It was handy because there's no sound from the safe harbour this year. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I put it in September instead, which kind of suits it. There's that gap to fill all right with uh, Sounds from a Safe Harbour not being uh, present this year. But it's also interesting that you kind of bring up neither of us really are from that kind of trad and folk background. Mm. But yet it's never been more culturally relevant in that the kind of younger practitioners, the more progressive practitioners are doing yeah. some exciting stuff. And it's not just the, the gloaming either. I mean, really, I've become interested in the song collecting tradition in the last uh, two years or so via being oh, exposed cool. to Lynch Lancome. Um, and of course, through that, then you were kind of reverse engineer the history of that tradition of to see this happening and to see this cultural moment happening for Trad Nua as I've um, probably very clumsily uh, labelled it as well as folk and that that kind of fusion like it's amazing to see that the festival has come along and it's really good to see it arriving at that kind of right moment which kind of leads to the question obviously you've had working relationships with a lot of these artists what is the process maybe of corralling all of these people into one space or one set of spaces over the course of the weekend and maintaining some sort of cogency between them in terms of shows. Yeah, so that's really interesting the way you were you, you were tell, you were saying how it hasn't been more culturally relevant or vibrant. Like I have a bit of a hot take with this, but I genuinely think that when things went uh, went south during the recession in 2008, I think before that we thought we were a little America and we kind of forgot who we were. Yeah. I think we had a lot of soul searching and kind of figuring out our own nationality and who we are as a people in subsequent years and a lot of it came down to this kind of cultural revival that I'm seeing in, in, in music and in poetry and in, 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 in writing and in, in theatre and all sorts of things we're not um, we're not afraid to like our own stuff as ha- half as much as we used to be you know um, but in terms of the festival so basically it's just it's just putting in a wish list uh, Mike 
and then contacting everyone on the wish list and and then first of all seeing who's available second of all seeing if you can break even on their shows and third of all um, if, if if the whole arc of the weekend works that's the way it is it's actually it's, it's a lot more um, down and dirty than you think it is like um, I mean I had a big long list and I've, I'm so lucky I've gotten the vast majority of people that I wanted but in some ways I've kind of overstepped the boundaries of what it should be for a year one even though it is essentially only nine gigs and a couple of um, talks mm. but it's um, it's spread out a bit and it, it casts a bit of a wide net but that, that's basically it I wanted some I wanted some form of like trad uh, performances which brings me to like Lucia Maria and Cormac Begley and I also wanted some kind of totally out there stuff between the Katie Kim and Rady Peace collaboration and slow moving clouds mixing Irish trad with Nordic folk um, so it was kind of just using the using this forward thinking folk world um, as as a wide net to put um, to put all these acts that I think are very good and then to brand it uh, as well as possible to make it have a cohesive brand and look that's very important to me who handled and, all uh, that and, as well because that looks beautiful uh, Shane O'Neill he's from Leicester but he lived in Lisbon um, it was a long process actually I was in London for a month in June um, producing a dance show um, in Shoreditch and I was like spending like the show would go up at 7 and then I could finally go onto the laptop and like talk to Shane about it and it was a long process to get that imagery and that that um, all of that done but he, he did it really well so we went through that in June and then I was in Iceland for all of July working remotely from there and that's when he that's when I launched it. That's when we. That's when we became to the final idea. He's an amazing designer. Like so I used him for all of the all of the quiet light stuff. You know, it's interesting. Just at the kind of top of this discussion, you were mentioning what we have now in terms of the cultural moment, in terms of looking at ourselves and kind of paying more attention to what's going on within our generation, regardless of genre. Um, I think very much in terms of the recession, that could be put down to you know all of us, our generation, kind of putting in the DIY shift rather on the things that we wanted to see happen and whether they worked out immediately or not very definitely the fact that the infrastructure was kind of built and then other people could kind of seize on that and kind of put their own stamp on it or kind of take it in their own direction and even with the the billing up and down the billing you're seeing DIY artists or artists that kind of trade specifically on the the DIY uh, oeuvre and whether that's Katie Kim and Rady Pete or Elaine Malone or St. Keelan in particular as as an example you know, it's 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 up and down Quiet Lights. Like, you can see the fingerprint on things like Quiet Lights, Quarter Block Party specifically. So I just felt that that was kind of a, a, a worthwhile point. And it's not necessarily something, like, it's not a hot take that you have. I think it's a ringing kind of uh, endorsement on what the DIY community all over the country has been able to achieve, that there is now the infrastructure to kind of get these set up. Speaking of infrastructure, you know, you got a lot of venues working with you on this and that there's going to be gigs at the roundy gigs at call-ins etc kind of the foundations of DIY and readily accessible venues for folk and for alternative music in the city but then on the other hand you also have one venue that's out of the way in Sirius Arts Centre in Cove and another one that hasn't even been used I don't think in my living memory in about a decade of living in the city in the hall in Griffith College what was the process of liaising with these new venues and how did they come about? Yeah, it's great. So I've actually held a gig in Griff in that chapel before as part of Forte Festival. I put on the, court, the RTE Contempo Quartet up there and I thought it was just a class little gaff. I haven't seen anything else go on <coughs> go on there since. But I'll tell you how it came about. 
the people the, the, it should be pointed out here before I go on to them that all the venues have been unbelievably sound in how they've gotten behind the festival um, actually genuinely gone out of their way to make these things happen Collins have offered me a hell of a lot of support they've gone out of their way to, like they're organising all the all the sound technicians all the doors they did all the posters and stuff and I just literally have to pay the band you know like they are providing all of all of the, the, the things that you need for a gig I just need them to turn up and sell tickets and pay them but the lads just go up and beyond the, the lads are yeah. incredible in that regard and so many people have been helped out by that they're unbelievably good yeah and like upstairs then in plugged and around the gym like found um, found me some sponsorship for those gigs got me a, a, a bit of Bob he just took time out of his day and like found me a, a beer sponsor in Lagunitas for the for the plug gig so, which which will go towards paying the artist which is fantastic like Jim just did that out of the good of his heart mm. he's also hosting the only ma- the only like major talk that I'm doing the festival that I have that I think it's just announced today it's um, Tony Clayton Lee from the Irish Times doing a culture vultures there oh yeah um, on the Saturday at midday and then but then going and St. Peter's has been amazing and um, and give me a really good deal uh, for the for the Queen show and Miranda in Sirius is always up for collaborations and all that and she has a long-standing relationship with Landon as well um, they were over there supporting uh, Peter Broderick a couple of years ago it was the first time I saw them and um, delighted to have someone out in Cove Griffith College came about because um, <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> Griffith College came about because I approached the Live at St. Luke's Boys to do a co-pro for the the headline show Katie Kim and Radio Pete and when we had a meeting in St. Luke's the two boys were like look I think St. Luke's would be too big to to you know too big a production for for this gig for the first time but there is this chapel up the road it's a bit weird a bit kooky but it, it could totally work I'll bring you up there and literally Ed and Joe just brought me up there and introduced me to Griffith College to Sinead there who was so sound so up for it and now I've ended up programming three shows there, like so. It's actually going to be the busiest, the busiest uh, venue for the weekend. There's going to be two shows on Saturday and then the closing show on Sunday. I love it. If it's 150 people max, it's black metal as hell. Like it's like <laughs> so badass, and uh, and it's just going to be lit with lanterns and some underlighting, and it's 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 going to be cool. It's going to be ushers up there to make sure everyone is is, is well looked after. It's, I mean, yeah, in court terms, it's out of the way. But I think I think a lot of people are going to go to a show up there just to kind of toss it out, you know? It's good for people to kind of make the effort to check out a new venue. And I think that's going to be a big curiosity draw for people that haven't been up there before also. Yeah, well, it's sound, it's sound the Griffith College to do it. And we don't have a lot of venues in court. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I have to kind of go. I couldn't find somewhere suitable for this Stadium radio show and, and Slow Moving Clouds I could have put them on in St. Peter's but like even St. Peter's is an, un, is an untraditional venue we just yeah. don't have enough of the of the columns and the roundies you know so you have to go looking elsewhere It's why you have to support your local venues and help them keep going When we come back we'll talk about how the idea has been received and what the future holds for Quiet Lights but first we'll go back to some more music from the Quiet Lights Festival uh, John you have Elaine Malone here with her new single You taken from her Land EP that releases this week. Yeah, I'm really. Did, oh yeah, it does. It releases this. Does it release just before, just after her gig? I can't just before which. her appearance this weekend at Electric Picnic. Oh my God, that's amazing! Jeez, that's brilliant. I only saw that online today. The artwork is gorgeous. It absolutely um, is. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm delighted that Elaine's part of it. I think she's one of the most exciting core cats to come out in the last year, and um, 
she's been super sound and super easy going. I literally just sent her an old Facebook message being like, you up for this? And she was like, yeah. So simple as, that's what a lot of this festival has been. So uh, I can't wait to hear that actually. So yeah, that's a, that's a good start. And you got Dowry, Ina Brennan with Ina. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ina is a good pal of mine. She's an amazing multi-instrumentalist from Dublin. She has worked at Crash previously in that she's arranged some strings for Crash for um, Lisa Hannigan and Mango and Mathman and Loa and all these kind of acts um, that Crash did a gig with in the Barbican in the concert hall with. And she's on the up and up. She's played every major festival this year, I think. And I think this is her last festival appearance of the year because it's the last festival, really. Um, in, in, in that sort of sphere so I'm delighted to have her down we'll get back into tunes this is Elaine Malone with you here on Red on Red
Ina Brennan, a.k.a. Dowry with Ina here on Red on Red. Still joined over the phone by Quiet Lights curator and director Johnny Pearson. Johnny, before we went to music, we were talking a little bit about how the idea came together, the process and infrastructure of organising a festival. But furthermore, to all of the goodwill that you've received in organising something and in putting it together, you've also received a tremendous outpouring of support from the general gig-going public and music press specifically. Kind of take us through the process of taking a first-time idea to the public, to music press, and maybe take us through how it's been received. Um, it seems to have been received very well, yeah. I mean, um, a lot of people have a lot of press. They've gotten a lot of press. And um, uh, I got the cover. Got, they mentioned that it's on the cover of Tony Court, which is fantastic. Um Websites like the Journal of Music and and loads more. Like it seems, I'm checking the Twitter. I'm getting loads and loads of more press every day. A lot of that's down to Louise Barker from Carney Media Barker, who does all my PR. She mm. does the PR across all of the events that I work on, and um, she's a course based PR person. And a lot of it is down to her, to be honest. Um, yeah, people are buying tickets, right? Um, there's plenty of tickets left for some of the gigs, and then some of them are sold out or will sell out. Lisa O'Neill sold out today. Um, the first Ooh. event to sell out and Katie and Rady will be gone by Friday I'd say from last last time I checked there was 11 tickets left for that hop on those real quick Quiet ne- quietlights.net yeah, yeah yeah that's it so there's 11 left there and I really won't be able to squeeze anyone else in after that um, you vagabonds are selling really well and then yeah some of the other ones tickets are tickets are popping for all of them which is great um, and I hope that people go and Maybe if they go, if they want to go to see their Lisa O'Neill and, and or they want to check out this collaboration with Katie and Rady, fantastic. But try and get a ticket to something you wouldn't normally go. If you're a real traddy, you'd be great to see at one of the one of the roundy gigs. Um, if you're more of an indie kid, it would be great to see you at like maybe Plumbers and Clouds or Queen. It's an opportunity to kind of go to something a bit a bit different in kind of a cool spot that weekend. So it would be nice to see as many people as possible. But it's been it's a, it's typical court thing. It's just been it's been people have gotten really behind it and uh, haven't seen anything negative so far. And anyway, that's the best thing about court is people always get behind an idea and offer to help get it over the line. Because what benefits one person is going to benefit everybody. And the more that we have, the better the scene is in Cork overall and I hate to use the term the scene but the better the community is rather uh, for musicians for music facilitators for venues for everybody really um, yeah totally well it would have been a lot easier to just have done this in Dublin as I say I'm based in Dublin maybe more than I'm based in Cork I, I hop between the two and have done it for the last five years but um, the reality of it is that it's easier to, to, to be up in Dublin more so than Cork but it would have sold out immediately if it was in Dublin but like not everything cool can be in Dublin and yeah Cork is the perfect size for something like this. It's the perfect size, it's the perfect aesthetic, and it's the perfect vibe for something like this, you know? Cork is the perfect vibe for anything that you want to put on. Um, <laughs> but um, with everything else that's kind of gone on and all of the all, all of the hype surrounding Quiet Lights, have there been any challenges? Has there been anything that's kind of thrown you for a loop in putting together a festival or a season of programming of this kind and to this scale, maybe for the first time? Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's been loads of challenges. Like, not to just get bogged down by the normal budgetary challenges, that obviously is one. Mm. Um, and other things are like, I have, uh, again, which I've gotten amazing help from the St. Luke's boys, is I've had to worry about, like, uh, insurance for the first time, really. Ooh. Um, like, public liability insurance and all that. The St. Luke's lads have been unreal at dealing with that. Um, 
there is the fact that I have to kid out um, Griffith College. Like, it, it, like the chapel is literally a chapel. So I have to just kick that out. Have to be late. No to bit be... of old vocal PA in there, no? Nah, no, it needs to be sorted. If I want to do Katie and Reedy and Lucy and Maria and so moving Cloud Justice, you need a proper digital desk in there with a bass bins and, and a PA and all that. So I have left that in the capable hands of Keelan Sherlock from Quarter Block Party. So hopefully he's sorting it as we speak. <laughs> what a dude. You know he's on top of it. <laughs> But, um, I know he's on top of it, I know he is, yeah. <laughs> but you know... Um, yeah, no, loads, there's loads, um, there's loads of challenges like that. There's, like, not enough time in the day to be posting the socials and to be doing mailing lists and all that. In fact, I have to get a mail chimp out from the Islander one now tonight because I need to do one this week and then another one next week, you know. And um, I actually don't know how I'm going to be in all these different places in the next 10 days. Like, um, I get down to Cork on Monday and I'll be down there till the end of the festival and I just don't know when the festival starts how I'm going to get there every gig I have so much help and volunteers from like the Cork music community and all that like I have Emma Kelly from Merrick Indy she's going to be like driving me from Cove to Cork on Friday and like spinning me around the city a real hero for the scene everything yeah absolutely and um, then I have loads of other volunteers like doing the door for gigs and doing this that and the other so look hopefully it'll come together if I can get the technical aspects of St. Peter's and um and Griffith College down, then the gigs will kind of run themselves because the Roundy and Collins are such pros anyway, you know? Mm. So um, just the, the non-traditional venues, really, that I have to kid out so I can get that done, it'll all be grand. With Quiet Lights, you know, it's year one, and you said it yourself that you've been eyeing something like this for quite <laughs> some time. And I thought it was interesting that you go, oh, I'm going to lose a few bobs on this, this, and this, but it's something that I want to invest further time into what are your hopes and you know your end goal rather for year one of this festival and are we possibly looking at a year two of quiet lights already the yeah it's interesting so it already has been given a bit of leg and um, it's been amazing that when it was announced the quiet light stuff the head of programming in the national concert hall approached me and asked me would i program the opening night of the national concert hall tradition now festival Oof. so the opening of that in October is Quiet Lights, the tradition now. So it already has legs in that it has a gig in the studio of the National Concert Hall in October um, featuring Landless and um, Donegal singer-songwriter Rosie Carney and uh, a third um, musician who is yet to be announced but who will be well known on the on the folk scene. So there's already a Quiet Lights in the National Concert Hall as part of tradition now. Um, I have been in talks with um, uh, a few companies of maybe like a, a few organisations of, of, of putting on a quiet light themed event in their in their um, premises we'll say I can't really say too much um, and I'd like to bring it to some regional festivals do a quiet lights evening maybe you know at different arts festivals around the country and when it comes to court I, I'd love to keep it going as a yearly thing um, I have to really suss it out after this one I mean, I wouldn't be putting it on in September next year if, if some from the safe harbour is on it. Number one, because Mary is literally the, the part of the reason that I work in music. She's the one who's given me a lot of gigs. Mm. Uh, she's the, the, the runner of, um, of some the safe harbour. And also, a lot of this is to be a similar aesthetic. So, it has legs beyond Cork, but I would like I would like to keep it up as a continuous thing in Cork. Whether that be yearly or bi-yearly, I'm just going to try and get over this weekend and uh, and then 
just reassess it and see see what see what people want and what I want. So hopefully, yeah. All you can do is uh, kind of just think of the now and get yourself over the line before thinking of anything else. We're gonna go That's back. It. We're going to go back to some more music there. Uh, this is Ye Vagabonds with Pomegranate. Um, yeah, I love Ye Vagabonds. They're my favourite band in Ireland. Uh, I manage them, so I'm um, <laughs> I'm a bit biased. But um, they are exceptionally busy. They have um, they have a Canadian and UK tour coming up. They're just back from Italy today. They they're going to Switzerland next week. They have been in Germany and Austria and all over the gap, America. Um, earlier on this year they are on the up and the up they're the most exciting folk band in the country in my opinion you've got Innie K also with Edges yeah um, this is uh, a tune by Etna aka Innie K she's amazing she's been on the scene for ages and the video to this if anyone wants to check it out is amazing it's directed by uh, Miles O'Reilly who I mentioned earlier on so go on to YouTube and look look at the video she's been in Roundy as well so check that out will do Right now we got Ye Vagabonds with Pomegranate here on Red on Red. Drying papery ruby so terrible Sweet secret that nobody knows Open, open and scattered on the table Another rover and another shoe Speaking 
only to please you Another year older and another ship grows Dark and delicate I try to keep you All to myself
Inikay with Edges performing at Quiet Lights Festival happening next weekend at venues around Cork City and County. For more information on Quiet Lights Festival and of all of the gigs and talks happening within, please check out quietlights.net or check out Quiet Lights. Before we wrap up this week's episode, uh, John, take us briefly one more time through all of the timings and events happening throughout the weekend from start to finish. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Jesus, thanks for giving me the opportunity to say them all. Yeah. So the Friday is when it starts at 8. There's two shows starting at the same time. There's one on in Cove, which is Landless from Dublin and Belfast, supported by uh, Cork's own St. Keelan, which will be a beautiful show out in Sirius. Um, at the same time, Cormac Begley, the legendary trad musician from legendary uh, trad family uh, in from Kerry, he will open the festival in Collins. And then... Half an hour later, I have um, Innie Kay and Elaine Malone opening up in the Roundy. Now, after that show wraps at about 10, the Roundy is going to be where people are hanging afterwards for, for a pint and a chat. That's where we'll be till closing on Friday and Saturday nights. Um, then on the Saturday, at midday, back upstairs in the Roundy um, within, uh, as part of the plug programming of it, I have uh, Tony Clayton Lee from the Irish Times doing a Culture Vultures. Um, the, he's going to have two musical guests and some spoken word. I'm proud to, to announce here that I haven't I haven't said anywhere else. So the two musical guests would be Landless and Dowry, Wait. and the spoken word would be an amazing Cork-based um, poet called Roisin Kelly. Amazing. Um, so that is going to be from twelve to about two, uh, two o'clock. Then up in Griffith, we have Lucia Maria um, recording their album. Tickets are online for that. Um, at four o'clock down in St Peter's. Uh, Queeveen O'Reilly will be doing a pretty special intimate show um, Queeveen is high in demand all the time there's very limited tickets to this um, it's going to be inside in St. Peter's that will hopefully be sun drenched it'll just be him and his Hardanger Damore fiddle uh, small bit of electronics it'll be absolutely magic um, at 7pm then is Lisa O'Neill and Collins which have just sold out today and then at 9pm in Griffith College you have Slow Moving Clouds one of the most outstanding bands that I've heard in the last five years. They blow my mind. Um, they are doing a show in Griffith College. If I can get anyone to go to a band that they may have not have heard before, go to Slow Moving Clouds. They're they are wonderful. Um, then on the Sunday, Sunday is kind of more chill. There's, oh sorry, at the end of the Saturday as well, come up to the roundy, come up to Plug and Roundy after the, um, after uh, Lisa O'Neill if you're at that and if you can't make Slow Moving Clouds get to um, the show on in Plugged which would be uh, Dowry and Claudia Schwab who's an amazing Austrian yodeling fiddle player who I've brought to the old Plugged on Tobin Street before um, and then on the Sunday it's a bit more chill there's just um, two gigs there's Eve Vagabond in Collins which is which is selling very well actually so if anyone wants to go to that but the good the really interesting about this gig is that either just before or just after the gig, Ye Vagabond, you were mentioning song collecting, Ye Vagabond have been collecting songs for the last few years, particularly around the islands of Ireland, and particularly from the islands around Ulster. Mm. Um, and they will be talk, They will be in conversation with Philip King, the founder of Other Voices, Ooh. and um, the founder of South Wind Blows, um, absolute titan of Irish music. He's going to be in conversation with Ye Vagabond inside in Collins, either just before or just after their set. It'll be a fascinating discussion. Incredible. So that will come as part of the ticket price. And then wander up north side to Katie and Rady. As I mentioned, 11 tickets left for that. Um, that is on uh, at 8 p.m. And then after that, 
they might be a little shindig somewhere, maybe in plugs, maybe in maybe down in Henchies. I haven't really decided yet, but that's the vibe. Savage. Absolutely incredible vibes for Quiet Lights Festival happening next weekend throughout venues in Cork City and County. That's all from this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie. Thanks a million to Jonathan Pearson of Islander Music and Quiet Lights for joining us via the miracle of telephony this episode. Thanks a million, Mike, for having me. And um, I really appreciate you taking uh, an hour out of your day to give me a chance to chat about it keep doing what you're doing man and thank you very much for listening if you like what you're hearing please take the time to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes as well as Google Podcasts and other platforms please share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artists featured next weekend at Quiet Lights Festival or at other upcoming gigs if you'd like more Irish tunes please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106. Johnny, you're sending us off with your favourite band, uh, Slow Moving Clouds, with Hilyainen Suru. Am I am I pronouncing that correctly? Jeez, I think you are, judging from the way that they say it in the uh, in the tune. That's better than better attempt that I could do. Holy cow! Yeah. You were bigging up Slow Moving Clouds earlier on, but for those that haven't been to see a Slow Moving Clouds show, what can they expect? Yeah, I'm not really sure what to expect because they're just about to launch their album. They were at this, uh, this they were at the People Festival in Berlin last week, mm. which is this massive collaborative festival run by um, Bonnie Bear and the two brothers, twin brothers in the Nationals. And uh, I thought they were doing all sorts of collaborations with the Ross and Gano family and, um, and, and uh, uh, other people of that ilk. They're basically a three-stringed behemoth. Um, they're a mixture of Irish traditional music, Nordic folk, and just otherworldly stuff. They sound lush as hell. Um, I think you can uh, expect to hear most of their debut album, um, which people haven't heard before. And it's definitely up in that chapel at 9pm of a September. It'll be it'll be pretty special. I have seen their stuff for Rusangano family this past weekend. There is video on Twitter of them doing Only the Oppressor Knows Peace. And it's... If it's... Nice. And if that's anything to go by, it's going to be absolutely essential viewing next weekend for Quiet Lights Festival. This is Slow Moving Clouds with Hilyain and Suru. This has been Red on Red, and we'll talk to you next week. Sita Bolite
Red on Red.